Welcome to Don't Wait to Write with Amber Petty. Today, we're learning a little something. So today's story isn't exactly about writing, but it is around a mindset, thought, kind of belief thing that does happen to most writers. And it's really about how one piece of advice can hit you very differently based on where you are. For example, I just went to a conference. It was a creative entrepreneurs conference. I went a few weeks ago and it was the first conference I'd been to in quite a while. And as I was getting closer to going, I was like, why am I nervous about this? Why is this kind of freaking me out? Is it just because it's post pandemic or, you know, because I love staying at home? And I was like, no, I think there's even something more than that. And I realized, oh, yes, because the last conference I went to, I had a breakdown. So around 2018, ish time kind of flies together but around 2018 i was working as a freelance writer really regularly i'd worked as a copywriter as well i had a column going on that had just ended at greatest so things were going well and certainly much better than they were three years previous when i started but i was starting to wonder okay but what am i really doing this for Am I working towards writing a book? Am I working towards being a more renowned journalist or a bigger kind of writer? Or should I write a book of essays or start a podcast or all those kinds of things? Also, because of my background as an actor and stuff, I knew a lot of people who were just, you know, going to the Emmy Awards and hanging out at Clint Eastwood's pool. And it just made me feel like a loser. Now, I had been depressed before, but... At that point, it was a, it had gotten a lot better. In fact, I went to therapy and I was, that's why I was able to start writing at all and all that kind of stuff. But at this point, things were sneaking back in and I wasn't really noticing it, but it was there. Now, part of the reason I didn't recognize that depression was kind of taking a little inch back into my life is because I was so used to thinking, well, yeah, if you try a podcast, it's just going to fail. Or, well, yeah, well, if you pitch that bigger thing, it's just not going to happen. I was so used to thinking that, that I didn't even flag that as unusual. I was like, that's just, that's just my brain being reasonable. I should certainly listen to that. So I wasn't flagging any of this stuff, even though this kind of creeping depression-esque thing was, was marching its way into my life. So I was working. I was very happy to be working, but I still felt a little lost that I wasn't going after one major goal. I didn't have a big plan in mind or a vision, and that felt wrong. And I saw these things that other people were doing, and I felt I could do them, but I wasn't. And uh, I just wanted to find something that felt right. So this creative conference popped up. And it was run by a podcast host. And the podcast host originally, uh, she had some guests on that were originally musicians that instead of just getting a typical contract, 
they started working in different kinds of music and made money and started a different business. And I was really intrigued. It had all these creative people that found financial success and an audience and everything through these unconventional means. So they weren't just publishing regular novels and getting on the New York Times bestseller list or getting on the charts. They were doing stuff a little differently, but still getting the life that they wanted. And I thought that was fascinating. And I was so excited to go. It was in Los Angeles. It was just two days. I was really excited to go. Now, a little more about me. I'm an odd person in that I will sing uh, a song full of vagina double entendres to an audience of 2,000 and not bad an eye. And yes, that's that's something I've done. Um, but if I need to talk to some strangers one-on-one or in a small group, well, that is hell, everybody. I hate it. I feel awkward and strange, and like I'm bothering everyone. Not my favorite thing. So I knew I wasn't going to magically become some social butterfly overnight, but I thought, you know what, I can just talk to some people. This is really going to be people that are speaking my language and maybe in a, a similar place or had been in a place like me where maybe they've tried something before and it failed. The other background of me is I had tried to be an actor for a long time and stopped because I wasn't making money and was very unhappy. <laughs> so I had uh, gone after that dream and it had not worked out. So here I was again on the verge of wanting to try something else a little bit new and was really excited to meet all these people. So I put on a skirt from Mod Cloth that kind of looks like it's lime wheels on it. It doesn't sound cool, but it is very cool. But I put on a colorful outfit that I liked, had on my fun cat eye glasses I always wear. And as I got out of the Uber, I was greeted by a sea of beige. And immediately I thought, oh no, this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. I don't mean to be critical of beige. If you love wearing beige, that's great. That doesn't make you a bad person. No, none of these people here were bad people. But there was just something I immediately sensed from the accidental conformity of what everybody was wearing and how they were acting in line to go into the theater, that this was not going to be some group that was truly speaking to the heart of my troubles. This was going to be another situation where I felt like the drama kid weirdo in a sea of people that shopped at the Gap. Once again, no offense if you shopped at the Gap. It's a figure of speech, although I do mean it literally here as well. But I felt out of place. But that's okay. I always feel out of place. I don't go to a lot of places and go, I fit in, everybody. I am very comfortable with myself and body in this situation, and friendship is around the corner. That's not something I usually think. So I'm like, well, you know what? You always feel like a weirdo. So that's nothing new. Let's watch these speeches. And I was really primed to learn new things and kind of hear some details on different ways to think of making money and creativity and all that stuff. And then the first one was kind of an opening thing, you know, talking about, you know, you really go after your dreams and talking about people who made podcasts that became really successful and how they were on the charts and and got to open up all these wonderful opportunities. And then they'd interview somebody else who did design and they did design and then it went really well and they made all this money and everything was great about it. 
And then they talked to somebody who did something else slightly different, but it was great. And they finally just took the leap and went out there and started doing it. And golly, gumdrops, wouldn't you know it, it all worked out. And the only specific that they shared for any of these was to follow your dreams. Just follow your dreams. And I was getting a little annoyed. Because I uh, knew about, I'd, I'd heard that. It might strike you strange, but I'd heard that before. I've heard once or twice to follow your dreams. In fact, I had followed my dreams. I'd followed my dreams for years. I worked my entire life for a very big dream. And now that dream was gone. But now I get to follow another one. And there weren't really follow-up details on how things happened or what they did to get work or get successful or anything like that. It was just kind of vague generalizations about dreams and goals and follow your dreams and boy, get a load of those dreams and dream it and do it dreams. I looked around thinking maybe there'd be other people like me who are trying to have a good time, trying to be open, but a little like, okay, you can tell me something other than dreams. And I look around and everybody is nodding and writing down notes as if this is the first time they'd ever heard it, which again, isn't a bad thing. These people may not have heard this before or not in a way that resonated with them. And so this moment where people were talking on stage about successfully following their dreams meant something to them and that's great that's turns out that's who that conference was for but it was not for me and by the end of the day i did have a realization as i saw all these people who were very successful and things i might like to do i realized oh my god they're not any different than me they're not so much more talented or have such a background or just so hilarious or so this or that they're just regular people and they made it happen. Now you think that would be inspiring. But as my getting more depressed brain wanted to take it was, oh, they're just ordinary people doing this. So Amber, the fact you haven't means it's your fault. That you could be doing this and you could be up on that stage, but you're not. And you're the only one to blame. I went home and wasn't happy about it. I just felt down, but more than down, it was a building pressure was kind of growing in my chest, but I couldn't quite name it. It just felt bad. And then I didn't feel emotional. It was uh, <laughs> like an inside out in the cartoon Pixar movie, but where the main character gets depressed towards the end. And instead of feeling too much emotion, the, all the emotions go black. And that's kind of what it felt like, like my feelings were starting to go black. But I still hadn't quite recognized it. I thought I was just annoyed that the conference wasn't what I wanted. And then my husband had to leave town and he had to deal with some family business that was really hard. So I knew that he was going to be gone and that I couldn't you know, vent to him about whatever my little problems were about being mad about a conference or feeling like a failure or not knowing what I'm doing with my life. So the day after that, I went to the gym and I worked out and I stopped at the end to stretch and I started crying. 
just started crying. This happens sometimes. The gym kind of releases a lot of emotions in me. Uh, pro tip, if you want to cry, say do a good workout. And then pro pro tip, listen to Beyonce's Halo. You'll probably start crying. Anyway, Beyonce's Halo wasn't playing. It was just some stupid song. And I started crying, but it wasn't cathartic. It didn't feel good or bad. It was just like uncontrollable. I just started crying and I kept crying and I couldn't stop crying. And so I got into my car and I was still crying and I drove home and I was still crying and I got through the door and I just laid on the couch and I couldn't stop crying. The fact I couldn't, I felt like I had no one I could talk to. I couldn't talk to my husband. I wasn't in therapy at the time. And weirdly, that conference, which was not their fault, just triggered this abject sense of failure in me. And the tears wouldn't stop. So I laid on the couch looking for something non-triggering to watch to just let these tears continue. I tried to watch the new Queer Eye and it made me, this is a little random, but I I find it funny. I got so mad. I watched an episode where this very unkempt younger man was on it. And then he was getting all the special stuff from the Queer Eye guys. And I was just like, no woman can do this. If a woman dresses like crap, she's doing it consciously. And this is a guy who just doesn't give a shit about anybody else. And he's a mess. And he's getting all these people to give him free shit and be on television. I got really irrationally angry (laughs) at Queer Eye. So I turned that off. I had to turn off a few things and landed on a documentary about the former dancers for Madonna. And I just laid on the couch almost exactly where I laid as soon as I came home from the gym and tears kept pouring out of my eyes. So after another hour of that, I wanted to add another activity for my crying. So I looked for therapists (laughs) and I cried and had background TV shows and laid on the couch and looked for therapists. I left a message for one and was just crying on her voicemail. She got back to me later that night, and at first I thought, oh, I'm sorry I was so dramatic. On that voicemail, I didn't mean to be. I'm just going through something right now. And then, bam, just started bawling again the whole time, being like, nothing's that wrong. I just, uh, I'm actually fine, but I haven't cried, and I am I am a failure as well. But it's just bawling, crying. <laughs> she luckily was able to take me on quickly, and I have been with her since that very day. So why am I sharing this story? Well, one, you know, if you've had some bad times, you you might relate to this and enjoy hearing about it from somebody else. If you are in the middle of a time like this, I hope you're not crying all day. I think I did cry for about 10 hours, not sobbing. I only really kind of sobbed when I talked to the therapist on the phone. Uh, So anyway, I hope that's not happening to anybody. But if you're in that kind of limbo space of writing where you've, or anything, where you've gotten part of what you wanted, and you think that should be enough, but you still want something else, like, that's okay. The first thing I recommend is to go to therapy if you can. And then also remember that these are just waves and transitions. A creative life, especially, is never a straight line. And so when you hit those kind of downward places, they don't feel great, but they also really don't last 
forever. But I call this the tale of two conferences. So what happened with the one I just went to? So at the top, I said I was nervous. This is the con- the conference I went to just a couple weeks ago. And part of it is I just am not around that many people at once very much anymore. I mean, unless I'm going to a Target or something glamorous like that. But I'm not around that many people. But it was a little scary even when I signed up for the ticket because I knew that going to this conference, I needed to act like, hey, I deserve to be here. This is for entrepreneurs. That's what I am. And my only goal was to talk to somebody else and try to not constantly think I don't belong or I shouldn't be here. Because the reality is I do own a business. It's pretty successful. And I'm here to learn and talk to people. And I absolutely belong. Now, as I went into the talks, I had my hopes up again that it would be some really new stuff to think about or implement. And once again, I got a lot of things that were very vague could have been covered in a very quick Google search. But the good news is there was no talk of living your dreams. And I was thrilled about that. So, you know, the speakers were were great. It just like wasn't the content I was looking for. As I walked around, was I making friends left, right and center? No way. But I did talk to some new people. I was, I, I didn't present myself like, hey, I'm super confident. I'm a great business owner and, blah, you know, I definitely sold myself short a little bit and maybe didn't talk as much as I could have. But I wasn't thinking, hey, you're a failure who doesn't belong. So I called it a win. And I did get to have some interesting chats with people where I did learn some new things for business I wouldn't have learned before. The reason I thought of telling these stories today is because Though the last conference wasn't about following your dreams, I could have had a very similar reaction where I went in, felt like I didn't belong, didn't get the content I thought I was going to get, and then blamed myself for not enjoying it and not having the success that I wanted. And this time, even when I was kind of selling myself short. I wasn't showing up as confidently as I could have. And I didn't turn it around on myself. I just thought, hey, this is something that I am very uncomfortable with. I haven't done it in a long time. And so the fact that it was not a complete disaster, I truly think is a win. And I am happy with that. What's beautiful to see is that two very similar situations about five years apart had very different endings. Because as this conference was done, I was so tired. I like had to sleep much of the day the next two days. And I was a little sad that I didn't like it more. But then that was it. Because in those intervening five years, I've really worked a lot to not constantly turn things back on myself and not blame myself for things and not even (laughs) big one, not call myself a failure all the time. And so because I did that, I was able to go back into an uncomfortable situation and have a much better turnout. So I'm sharing all this to, yes, remind you that those downtimes, they don't last forever. They are not fun, but they don't always last. And then even if you want to make a triumphant return, you know, my second conference wasn't a, <laughs> oh, what a beautiful victory. It's a, she was, I was the one speaking there and everyone thought it, no, it wasn't, I've, I talked to a few people and felt awkward a lot of the time. But because 
I've been able to slowly treat myself a little less shitty along the way, not constantly second guess and criticize every single thing I do and think. Well, I've been able to make something of a business that rivaled some of those people that were talking at that first conference. And I was able to go back to a situation I'm not comfortable with and at least feel okay and know that I'm only going to get better and better at these things as I go along. So take of that what you will. I know it's not exactly about writing, but I will tell you, the more you think, oh, they have some, they, they got up there and I'm not there. They sold this book and I don't have a book. And it's because I'm not good enough or I haven't tried enough or I'm a failure. <sighs> it's just not true. And the more you can slowly dismantle little bits of that thinking, the more you will write and the more you'll do and the more your audience will grow. And without even realizing it, you'll be able to show up in that hypothetical second conference in a wonderful floral caftan that everybody loved and be able to say, hey, even if I don't love this, at least I belong. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a question you would ever like answered on the podcast, I would love to do that. You can email me at amber at amberpetty.com. Also, you can rate this five stars because that's so fun. So yeah, rate and review the podcast. Share it with a writer friend of yours. And thank you so much for listening. All right, have a lovely day and I can't wait to see what you write. (laughs) 